0: Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Justin, curse me. Hey. (laughs) I will not.
1: This is a friendly podcast. I am cursing profusely in my brain right now. (laughs) I will not have it on the record. where
2: were you? I have been ready for 45 minutes (laughs) (laughs) waiting for an email from you. Same. You're going to blame email, huh? No, I'm blaming you. I'm blaming speech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Email didn't do nothing to nobody.
0: Well, you weren't on and I sent it and I have proof.
1: Yeah. Nope.
0: Three words. Tullahoma. Doll <laughs> but
2: You on fifty six K over there? We got the the, the tweets here and <laughs> All the oh, so you're going to call it the worst line in this movie. <laughs> it's a pretty bad one. We got, we got all the Twitters.
0: The twitters. No one I'm would I'm say that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a terrible
2: uh, line. All right, so let's start you know, this. Not like an old grandpa might say it. No, no, no,
0: no. That's Everyone's the thing. Grandpa. They even wouldn't. All right, so let's start this by saying, name me a worse line for Logan Lucky than, I can do all the Twitters.
2: Um, um. I got write down like individual lines from the movie to try to beat that. Yeah.
1: No, that line was even in the trailer, which is probably a reason this movie didn't get much success.
0: Right. I would submit as an honorable mention, but not worse. I looked it up on the Google, which I, I guess there's a pattern here. <laughs> uh huh. Right
2: you have get music and everything you gotta hear the music did you do it? did you write the theme song? I wrote it, I didn't record it because it's way better than what I could do
1: I don't know what that means
2: uh, <laughs> I've written all these songs these eighty songs for VBS this year and uh, Randy and his friend helped me record them because they're good at music oh okay and they cool. sound amazing, Roland. When did you realize
0: this was Elvis's
2: granddaughter? When you wrote it in the notes and I had to look it up on the Googles. <laughs> How do you not know anything? I know. Why are you I... calling back the worst jokes in the world? <laughs> well, it's because they're the best jokes. Anything that that makes you angry makes me so happy. We said before, guys this podcast is an open love letter to justin tyler Who? who's
0: with us uh, the reason that we like cool stuff justin tyler you on this podcast for the first time he will be a regular contributor justin hello
1: hello friends you guys can't see all the blood rushing to my face right now justin but, is a uh, hero of many for his
0: pop culture knowledge and general coolness justin and i attempted to Record this podcast this weekend at a Best Western in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. Alas, we had technical difficulties. <laughs> who would have thought? But here we are now, back in our home places. We're here with Ryland. We're going to talk about
1: the film. Yeah, it's a good one. It was one of my personal favorites of the year. Actually, it sounds like it wasn't for everybody. Like some I people, it. some people had some uh, had some problems with it. Some people well, who might be
0: on this podcast right now. I didn't dislike it. I didn't like all of it. It's, and I actually like the fact that it was a movie that, if I took the top two scenes or top four or five, maybe quotes, I, I just really thought it was excellent. It's super funny, and we'll talk about those. Overall, there's a lot of stuff I didn't like about the movie. It doesn't mean I didn't like it overall. I'm glad that it got made. It's it makes for interesting discussions. So I'm glad we did it. But uh, I I feel sort of both ways about it. Rylan, do you do you have any sort of conflicts about this movie?
2: Not really. Um I have enjoyed this movie since it came out. It was I I thought it was one of the better movies of the year also. I enjoyed the the comedy. I've enjoyed the stupid lines. I mean there's some stupid throwaway lines in it, but I I kind of chuckled through them.
1: You know, I uh, I am a huge fan of Steve Soderbergh, so I had Pretty high expectations, especially because it came out like after he had gone through his uh, "quote-unquote" retirement. But the the trailer was pretty garbage. It uh, didn't really put much confidence in me. The first and it and it kind of drags at the beginning. And I know I remember you, Spee saying that you turned it off after the first ten minutes, and I can completely understand. That.
0: It's a little slow pace, right? I'd, I'd actually forgotten my girlfriend when we were watching this for this podcast. Uh, she said we watched this like four months ago, and when Katie Holmes came on, like <laughs> <by> ten minutes, <laughs> it, you cut it off. <laughs> and I'm I'm pretty much I start what, I finish what I start. But she was like, "Nope." She said I was like after the Adam Driver southern accent. And then when they shook at him, she said I was like, eh, "Nope, next something <laughs> else." So, but you know what? If I had not revisited this movie, I would not have seen The Dwight Yoakam Wikipedia prison. (laughs) 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 I I, I wouldn't. So that's the way I feel about this movie. It's a bit of a labor of love at times, and when it's good, it's great.
1: I feel like this movie really takes a little while to get into, just uh, especially coming from the South. Um, We're used to having those stereotypes about being from the South and living in the South, and you know, this one leans heavily into that straight from the get-go. And all especially, of, yeah. like from Steven Soderbergh and all these people who are not at all from the South. Though I think I maybe he's from some of them are from Texas, but uh. Sandra Bullock's also from Texas. Do you remember that accent? Oh boy, well, <laughs> why do you, you didn't need to bring that up? But but I feel like he leans heavily into those uh, stereotypes to kind of to set the table so that he can subvert those expectations. Because he, I mean, by the end, he very clearly has a not, an affection for all of them, and, uh, I, and I think it really comes through, but it does take a little while to get into, and when you're kind of defensive about that,
2: uh, I feel like it can be an immediate turnoff. That's fair. Rob? Yeah, the there's a stereotype for every different type of southern person that you might run into in this movie. Just about. I rolled with it. I, I kind of, I, I don't mind uh, making fun of myself. I'm a southern person to a degree, I guess. While it did take a little bit to get into at the beginning, when Justin Tyler tells you to watch a movie because it's good, you watch that movie, <laughs> and it will be good. And I, I, you know, I liked it. By the time you get to the Dwight Yoakam prison scene that you mentioned, that's it. Like it's <laughs> totally worth watching the whole movie just for that yeah once right, it Speaking hits of its that.
1: stride it uh it goes all in and i uh, I really enjoy like the last <laughs> half of the movie is just kind of breathless in how it and uh, how it plays out and I really like that
3: now I got you napkin demands here what you want for peaceful surrender and the safe release of my guard you hold captive as Ward and I can uh approve buying a copy of Dance with Dragons for the prison library. Go up on the Game of Thrones shelf. Yeah. Now, the only, the only problem is that uh, the Winds of Winter and the uh, Dream of Spring have yet to be published, so those aren't available. Oh. Well, I can't do anything about what I can't control.
0: George R. R. Martin was supposed to deliver the Winds of Winter to his publisher over two years ago.
3: I know that was the original deadline. That's what it says here. But I'm reading to you from the Wikipedia page. It also says that Martin had a grueling promotion schedule or something, and it's interfered with his writing schedule. He's failed to complete the wins of Winter*.
0: That don't make no sense. Those two guys who transferred in from federal last month knew about all the new stuff with the hot chick and our dragons.
3: Now, I'm telling you, I believe those two inmates had that information from watching a TV series. Again, I'm reading to you, the series has jumped ahead. It's no longer following the book.
0: That, is- that that was all worth it. That and the bear in the woods and absolutely no explanation of who that guy, like no backstory, no no payoff just a guy dressed like a bear in the woods, and you don't even know what he handed to him, you you, I just assume it's some kind of explosive. I would I, watch
2: the movie again ten times just for those two moments. Is that like a, a riff on the Wicker Man? Like where he punches that bear in the woods for no reason? Like that's the best part of that movie.
1: I'm going to choose to believe this is in the greater Wicker Man universe. Absolutely. So, it's got to be it's it's the a, same one. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was actually Nicolas Cage, if you look in the credits. <laughs> yeah, that was easily the funniest scene in the movie. An absolute high point. Uh, and uh, also further proof that Dwight Doakam is so underutilized.
0: Yeah, he's the ultimate like, good-bad character actor. Like, he's so funny. He does it get him since so uh, you both know that I'm a huge fan of Joakim's music. I love like the, the rockabilly in the Bakersfield country, and mm. just to see him be like a totally non serious, like slimy character actor. I just love that that was him, and he uh, he was made for that sort of dialogue, and it was brilliant. It was great. Yeah,
2: that's perfect for him. I I
0: expected when I saw that that's something only I would think was like the best part of this movie. It was so subtle and uh, Riley and I had lunch last week and we were discussion discussing it, and it surprised me so much. He's like, so how about that Dwight Yoakam in the Game of Thrones scene, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah <laughs> we because that was his favorite. So uh, I'm not alone there, and, and that, that made the movie weirdly for me.
2: One thing I loved about his character, too, in that in that same scene, he, he walks by a guy and – well, no, no, this is earlier. He walks by a guy and he's like, just go, hey. And if you haven't seen The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia – or any of the other like weird documentaries that Johnny Knoxville does about these guys. Um, Jesco is like, he's called the Dancing Outlaw, and he yeah. is a crazy person. And his family is just one big tragedy, but it, it's, it's like watching a train wreck. And it, it yeah. was a really cool reference for the movie, I think.
0: Yeah, it was popularized in the 90s uh, on PBS about um, a really good documentary about a- Appalachia. Uh, and he was a really kind of cruel person, and he was sort of a like this caricature of Appalachia. And then later on, they did documentaries about Jessica White and his family, and they were in and out of prison. and And it's a really fascinating character. So they made that uh, I don't want to say homage, but they made that reference to West Virginia culture by calling one of the uh, prisoners Jesco.
1: No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch
0: that. Well, you know, you're not as quick as Rowland. No. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> mm.
2: So, a how little times, here, here's, here's how quick I am. I didn't realize Seth MacFarlane was in this movie. I didn't I realize it. the second time I saw it. I, was I like, did not realize that either. How did I had, I no, idea. That?
0: No, be I had no idea. I'd be curious to our listeners who missed that, too. Because like, I, I read a Wikipedia thing about how Seth MacFarlane was in the film, and I was like, oh, he must have been dropped or I had like, canceled <laughs> it. And then I watched it again, and I was like, oh, why? Why <laughs> yeah, and Of J- course. Justin had an explanation for why we couldn't recognize him right Justin? i was uh
1: steven steven soderbergh uh, told him um when he came on uh he wanted uh he wanted to make sure that everybody knew that he was one of the most hateable people on screen like he just wanted him to be immediately unlikable and uh so uh, Seth MacFarlane, he made some choices, and uh, and I thought they were they worked out pretty well because
2: yeah he was, intended effect, absolutely hateable, a piece of
1: crap it might
0: be top three British accent leather jacket fake mustache <laughs> yeah right
1: and and obviously like a, a just a massive tool and a, a a shill for some energy drink company with his stupid car that they set on fire <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, and of course, I mean, they he goes in there and he's making fun of, uh, making fun of both of them, you know, the two protagonists. Uh, so right. it kind of lets stuff. you. Yeah, they're, they're not exactly subtle about your, you know, not liking this guy. Yeah.
0: How many times do you think Channing Tatum, who looks like a good athlete, so maybe not a lot, how many times does Channing Tatum have to throw that hard hat in to get the shot? Where in the yeah. beginning, where it hits that plastic bucket. I think he did it first try. Yeah, that's... Uh, I know you're a big
2: Magic <laughs> Man guy, so you're <laughs> okay. No, I was wondering the same thing. That was a magic shot right there. Now that
0: we've talked about things we like about this movie, let's talk about the number one thing we disliked this movie. I'll start. Adam Driver's accent. Didn't bother Although it me. redeemed himself down the line. It didn't bother It's a slow starter, but golly at first. Yeah,
1: I got, I got the impression that he was kind of a kind of a damaged guy and you know he went off he did how many did he say it was three tours in iraq and you know getting his arm you know blown off or whatever it was uh, yeah i just it didn't really the accent didn't really didn't really bother me i can't say i've ever heard actually heard a legitimate southern accent that sounds like that but it didn't uh it didn't bother me like i like i felt like the the cadence of how he talked at least could kind of make sense from that. If you
0: want an authentic, but over-the-top Southern accent, look no further than 2017's Mastermind Star.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. To
3: me, that's the gold standard: over-the-top yet authentic <laughs> Southern accent. <laughs> well, for oh, we one, gotta do that movie one day. Well, for one,
0: we can get fired. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, he's he's pulled out his southern accent a number of he's times. He's also from works. western North Carolina, so yeah. that helps. And I think he actually lives on a farm somewhere. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Guys, both of you, uh, what did you think of the music in this film? It was okay.
1: I liked it. I liked the cues. I think we could probably do a moratorium on using fortunate son in movies but uh but it's still it still worked well enough that was the only one i really kind of rolled my eyes at other than that i enjoyed it
0: i am in car <laughs> I,
1: uh,
2: I, I like how they use the john denver song Uh, How the girl was going to do Rihanna, and then she changed her mind. I didn't like that, actually. No,
1: I loved it, because she... uh, The whole relationship between him and his daughter was, like, the heart of the movie. The rest was just window dressing. Like, that scene kind of... I think the the choice was a little bit cliche. Uh, Like I said before, I think Soderbergh used those sort of uh, stereotypes, and he especially leaned into him heavily and using country roads for these people in West Virginia. Yeah. Like it's, you know, a little, it's, it's cliche and it's, it's
0: on the nose, but it's still obvious,
2: but it's perfect. Yeah. It's still, it I don't
1: know. I
0: like guys it. think though, that if this guy carries so much and he obviously had a high character towards his family and, uh, he wanted to even kill. Did you ever think about, they had a high chance of being caught in him serving 30 years in the penitentiary for how it would ruin the lives of this child. Do you ever think of like how, Kind of strange that was, like, just the idea of this guy with character that wanted to truly be a family man. Like, it wasn't out of desperation. It's not like they were poor or whatever. So, uh, when you really think about it, like, the reality of it, that uh, I don't think I could really get very far
1: with that. Um, I, I think that's, that's fair, but it's also kind of overlooking the the artifice of movies right like i mean this this is a movie and he's never going to he's obviously never going to approach like the realistic matters of 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 the the subject matter right the realistic implications of it
0: why why didn't they go to prison for burning (laughs) seth (laughs) MacFarlane's suv justin i talked about this last night he had a good explanation like Oh, that's was so blatant and obvious. Of all the things, like he goes to jail for 90 days for accidentally crashing into a convenience store with a suspended license, but yet they burned down a $85,000 vehicle. Uh, yeah, how,
1: how do you get there? Well, uh, my thought is, they're not really great explanations, but my thought is that, well, the guy th- was uh, the Seth MacFarlane character. I forget his name. What is it? It's something uh, terrible.
2: Max. Max. Something, something,
1: Justin
2: Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Burn. Uh, uh, obviously, the car was stolen, so. <laughs> no,
1: I, well, I think the guy, the guy was obviously rich, right? He, uh, he, we see his, like, big house at the end, and he's, uh, you know, the, uh, the face of this energy drink company, and he's probably doesn't care all that much, and he uh, seeing as it was a company car with all those logos all over it, he probably just got a new one, and it didn't really matter anyway. But he also didn't want to raise the risk of uh, I beat of an up assault a veteran. And yeah, I, exactly. I, yeah, I bullied a veteran. A and veteran in a the back, guy. in a in a backwater town in West Virginia. So a British bad... guy. A British guy going to the police about getting in a fight with a veteran is probably not going to look good for him. I could buy the bad press angle.
0: Yeah, I, like, I got there last night, and thank you, Justin, again for that. Guys, um, while I'm riding the hills of these, so why don't I just get them all out? Why did Clyde go to jail just so we could take Daniel Craig to the bathroom? Like, what? why couldn't he have done everything else outside of jail?
2: Like, what was the point of that? I think he could crash that car through the window up. Of the no, convenient. that's why he went to jail, but what no, I'm just saying, so th- no, I'm saying so they could put that scene in the movie. I think he really wanted <laughs> him to crash a just car. More than that. Help me. <laughs> well, he also helps
1: with the escape plan, um, it's a two man job. Do you have to do yeah.
0: that inside of prison, though? All I saw him do inside of prison was paint some stuff magically within a couple weeks, get a really primo job inside of the infirmary, and uh, just help him walk out and help him to the bathroom. Yeah. I'm okay. being two accountants <laughs> in the battle. That's right. It's the wrong approach to seeing things. I I get it.
2: Spies, this is a movie. Have you seen movies before? Only <laughs> documentaries. Happen. Strictly documentaries in this film
1: in the last decade. Uh, I mean, I think that was it. They just needed him. They just thought it was a two-person job just for security i guess for uh to reduce risk you know all about that right i love
0: reducing risk (laughs) last one nobody in west virginia justin and i were in west virginia all weekend Mm -hmm. nobody calls the interstate the i and by the way the i-19 is not in west virginia so, uh, okay, I'm done. I'm done being mean about <laughs> this film. But no one, do y'all ever met anybody from West Virginia that calls it the I, whatever. They call it Interstate 40 or I-40, not the. And we saw the a lot, the Google, the
2: Twitters, and I, I felt like that was, like, well, we've talked about that. I think that's before, a so. Southern stereotypical thing, right? To put yeah, if you're not stuff, in the South, to say Which that. isn't something that Southern people really do. No. Right. No,
0: I don't Let's think Let's talk about so, some either. things I
2: really liked. Daniel Craig in this movie. He's great. Yep, nails it. Who knew that he was
0: so funny? He's hilarious. So I know early on Michael Shannon was attached to this film. I assumed that he would have been that guy. Who, hmm. Do you guys agree? Like, what do y- oh, y'all yeah. read about? What what would have been Michael Shannon's role in this film?
1: Yeah, I, he probably would have been. Yeah, either Joe Bang, um, maybe the the husband.
2: The uh, the mm. new husband, one of the brothers possibly. So, I don't know.
0: Steven Soderbergh did some really unique distribution stuff with this film. I, I think it limited maybe the release. Uh, I know you you were critical of the trailer. I think fairly, Justin. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not get a traditional distribution deal for this. I know they did the um, international rights. They sold those and they used that to fund the marketing for. The domestic rights. So they pretty much probably made their money back on, you know, the HBO and the Amazon Prime rights and everything. I think that's really uh, interesting. It kind of reminds me of how Jason Isbell basically does from top to bottom all, all of his stuff. Now, are we going to see this moving forward? I know Soderbergh, in a lot of ways, has, has been a trendsetter and a pioneer as far as. Uh, these guys that are really the intellectual property of these films kind of kind of getting more of the cut. So did, have you all read anything in, in about that? I, I think he's a really good trendsetter for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, this isn't, uh, I think that's one of the reasons he actually returned. Uh, one of the reasons he retired was because he didn't want to deal with the, the industry anymore, right? And I think he came up with a way to, to get around a lot of that. And, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons he actually came back. I don't know if you saw his, um, his series that he did on, was it on HBO? I don't recall what it actually aired on, but it was called mosaic and it was, uh, he actually did something really interesting with it. Uh, it was actually originally released as like, um, as like an app. On your phone and you could watch you you could see the story play out in in different uh, from the perspective of uh, uh, different characters and it was um and then like they re-released it later as like a, a six or i think it's six episodes series but uh but he i i think that's the only reason he's actually come back is to um sort of play around with But with technologies and um, and to play around with different distribution models, and uh, I think that's one of the things that actually attracts attracts him to uh, back to the world of making movies. Justin, you have a really good like NPR soft
0: voice. Like, hi guys, today. (laughs) You 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 really missed your calling. I know you're a software engineer and uh, successful guy, but if you. If anything ever happens to Terry Gross, God forbid, I think you've got, I think okay. you've got, I think you got that
1: locked up. Well, uh, thank you very much, Speed. You got a nice so, whisper. Uh, oh, the next, uh, I'll take that into consideration. <laughs> I Use this for my reel when I started playing for new jobs.
2: You're in. You're totally in. Uh, no, you're on this podcast, man. You're yeah, oh, yeah this you're is tied up. You're, right. you're booked. This,
1: this is my gateway to success right here. This, no, is, this how is how it is all no begins. Gateways. This is it,
0: beginning and the end. <laughs> you're locked in. You signed a really big contract. You had no idea for no money ever, <laughs> and for uh, fifty years, basically a lifetime sentence. <laughs> <laughs> let's mm-hmm. let's talk about who wrote this movie. I think that's an underrated not talked about. Yeah. Contract. It seems obvious that Soderbergh's wife wrote this movie because this is, to me, if you asked me who wrote this movie and I had no clue, it would be more of a, a cinephile and a big fan who carefully has watched a lot of really good movies and has obviously very carefully watched every Soderbergh movie. Uh, the jokes inside the film of you know Ocean Seven Eleven and all that. She's not named, and uh, there's a fake name, a person that doesn't really exist attributed to writing this movie. It's pretty well vetted out that it was probably his wife, and obviously he had maybe something to do with it. But it seems like someone watched uh, Master Bonds, every Coen Brothers movie ever, and very carefully every Soderbergh movie, and did a pretty good job of, of kind of doing the outline of this film. That's what I would say. Uh, and obviously Soderbergh came out of "quote unquote" retirement. Do y'all agree with me that this is Soderbergh's wife?
1: I I didn't really care enough about the mystery to look into it. I I did uh, I did think it was interesting the uh, the mystery about the the writer like using the pseudonym in the first place. I don't know why that was, but it was uh, Rebecca Blunt. Right? And she's got no vague. other credits. Just a vague biography on IMDb. I love how little you guys know about who wrote this movie. Yeah. All right, Justin, rapid fire, rip
0: it. Right, this is your time to get everything you want to get out about this movie. All right.
1: Well, let's touch back on what I was saying before. How I think uh, I I do think that the like even though he likes to dress it up with these fancy you know heist. Trappings. Uh, I do think that the actual heart of the film was his relationship with his daughter and how the entire heist happens because right after his ex-wife threatens to take her down into um, I forgot the Charlotte those details. Yeah, they were moving down to Virginia and that was when he you know decided he needed the money and and it's immediately after that we go to the bar and we see him say. cauliflower to his brother which uh starts the whole heist plan and then uh did you say cauliflower (laughs) to me (laughs) which is just such a bizarre and like i i thought it was a great little detail you know that's just it's just kind of out of nowhere and i thought it was hilarious but like the, the daughter's arc is, is pretty great as well. Like how, you know, at the beginning she's, you know, gonna do singing umbrella and she's getting the, the extent she's so you know, uh, excited about getting hair extensions and her fake tan and then you know, by the end she kinda I like
0: that she evolves out of it. I really yeah, like that part. Uh,
1: yeah. Sort of but,
0: naturally. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh it's simple but it's it's like really effective, I thought, and the daughter was just adorable i like that the job itself was actually pretty uncomplicated (laughs) like it's it's pretty much just a smash and grab you know they break the guy out of prison they they put a bomb and then they uh a couple bombs i guess they they take out the the network at the at the speedway and then they put another bomb into the uh into the money vault and then they just suck the money out with a vacuum and then, uh, you know, and then they put him back in prison. You know, it, it's it's a fairly straightforward job, but, like, the only reason that it's effective is because they use... They were pulling... They, they pulled it off by using, like, the flaws of some of the more, like, powerful, quote-unquote, large ego characters. So, like, they were able to pull off the prison thing because the warden wouldn't call in the authorities. They were able to pull off... Stealing the stealing the money from the speedway uh, because you know, the the speedway just won just got their you know huge blank check insurance payout. They were able to use uh, like the sister was able to uh, use the, the the new husband's uh, ego to get him to upgrade to that better car by insulting him, and so she could hotwire it and use it for to get to make better time. I know uh, you
0: talked about the role of. Um their sister's character and how that represented women fairly unfairly Justin, tell me a a little bit about that i think that what you just said sort of touches on that she easily manipulated roy from the office yeah
1: uh i thought a lot of the women were a bit underserved in the movie um that was probably my biggest complaint um a lot of the, the female characters like um katie holmes character was you know, pretty much a nag through the whole through the whole movie, um, you know, trying to take the daughter away and just seeming sort of vain. And um, <clears throat> even though like it, it also does kind of just kind of show that uh, um, Jimmy Logan, um, Channing Tatum's character was was wasn't that wasn't actually that great of a guy either like they were they were actually pretty complex characters like they weren't perfect like uh a lot of the there were a lot of hints about um how channing tatum's character was like this big you know high school uh football I star johnny high football hero yeah he was a johnny football hero high status kind of uh treated people as disposable as evidenced by his uh, you know forgetting that he uh, made out with the uh, uh, with the nurse. And uh I I, I, really I really, I I really like that, I really liked that scene. Point. But was that you,
0: confirmed?
2: I don't remember.
0: Well he infers that but I don't know that I go as far
2: that he was a bad guy but um, I think I like I, think I like... He, you gotta you could you could go there I think. I like the themes Justin was talking about, um, about subverting, like, the powerful characters Mm -hmm. in the film, because I I feel like that's, um, so rooted in maybe, so I don't know a lot. I can't speak from personal experience, but from the Wild and Wonderful Whites, they have this great thing about, uh, in the documentary about how West Virginians have just been, um, Kind of taken advantage of over the years. Very many, especially the coal mining community, and uh, that just seems to be a theme of uh, people uh, that are losing jobs and are because it's a real thing. I mean, in West Virginia, there's there's a ton of people losing jobs in the coal mining community, and uh, I think the idea of uh, you know sticking it to the man is Something that is really appealing when you're in that situation, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that I think uh, um,
1: I think the the capitalistic forces are like the main villain of of right. this, Like if in, a, in as much as there is a villain, it is like the the um, uh, the way those forces have just used these people and now left them behind um, is uh, is a. Probably the biggest theme and the biggest point the movie is trying to make. I mean, these the brothers themselves are, you know, like perpetually underestimated and they use that to their advantage, right? They've got that the whole idea of their family curse and they're, uh, you know, they're called simple-minded uh, in that. that and they, at first they kind of appear like that, right? They, when they meet Joe Bang in the prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, People say that? People say that. Yeah. That's, so, that's so perfect. And you know, and he gets, and like every system what in the that? movie is is working against them. You know, like he yeah. he gets fired for the for liability reasons. Um, uh, yeah. They even make like some offhand comment in the bar about how there's a chemical leak upstream affecting their ability to run the business, so they had like limited ice that he could use for a martini. Yeah, just, like, the whole area seems to be going through a lot of trouble. And then, like, and then the FBI continues to chase down these people. Like, they've got that uh, that scene at the end with uh, with Hillary Swank's character where, like, even though everybody's fine, you know, every, it's like a victimless crime now. Everybody, nobody cares. Nobody wants them to get caught. And yet the system is still... Working against them. Like you had that specter of, yeah. of the FBI sitting there watching them. Like I'm glad you brought that up, Justin.
0: A couple of bones I want to pick with Hillary Swank. <laughs> oh, she
1: was making some choices. First, this movie. <laughs> where do you come off, Hillary? The second, would they not
0: have met her and every day obviously would identify the brothers as targets? And at the end, no one has ever laid eyes on her like how would she as the lead investigator how would they she have not interviewed all of them
1: that is a great question
0: and to your point earlier if you really want to have a discussion about or folks want to learn more about you know, sort of the cultural decay of appalachia hillbilly elegy uh is a terrific book It sort of talks you know about that cultural cultural and i think this uh i think this film as funny as it's supposed to be and as comic release as it's supposed to be and as heisty and uh, whatever, I, I think that they sort of do sort of lean on that a bit about how these folks don't have a lot of their options.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I, I, there is some interesting academic and cultural study on that. So there, there's, that would be a good place to start, I think, for, for folks that, that wanted to kind of – Lean into that, like me, I read that book and I think it's interesting to talk about how, how we've gone from the only folks in our country that really don't seek to and haven't consistently kind of capitalized on their, on their parents uh, and, and kind of done better than the next generation is kind of this class of, of folks, pretty similar to the uh, kind of region we're from, where we're sort of taking a step back in, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and it, whereas everybody else seems to be, uh, you know, holding steady or kind of moving forward, so this was a really interesting region and and sort of backdrop for Soderbergh for the, for that reason.
1: I agree. I uh, I I think it's you know on a, on yeah on its surface it's a lot of flash and it's a great it's a great plot it's got a it's got a couple holes you know a little bit of, a little bit of a stretch of the imagination but I think it. It's trying to get at something deeper than that. And uh, about these people, you know, that are constantly underestimated and made fun of, but he very clearly has a deep affection for them. And uh, I think this is his way of helping them, you know, get what's theirs. And I really enjoy this movie. And it's just endlessly rewatchable to me.
0: It has been rewatchable, and I will say that. Once you get past, if you watch this movie and you think we're all three idiots after Katie Holmes shows up, (laughs) stick through it because
2: Dwight Yelkham's coming, guys. (laughs) Enjoy the little things in the movie. Enjoy the little things. Like, Adam Driver didn't have to... Go through the whole movie missing an arm, like he, he didn't have to ride it that way. But he, that was he, funny. That part was funny. <laughs> he turned <laughs> those little things. Axiom, into... That's it. Adam Driver, Adam yeah. <laughs> you sucked just... <laughs> off my arm. <laughs> I, yeah. I loved
1: that scene. Um, like right after you realize, you know that he that he didn't actually give all the money back, and uh, like when when Joe Bang goes to visit Adam Driver in the bar. Uh, <laughs> he and, he, and he puts that new <laughs> that new fancy uh, arm on the bar and tells him it's on the house that was that was just perfect like yeah, that was just a perfect. great little drop you know yep
0: I think there were a lot of redemptive parts of this movie and uh, and it, was, it is well worth it and it's going to be really watchable and hopefully hold up well with them well boys yeah I think it's time for old Speast to uh, head on down the road Same this is an excellent here. movie we'll be back soon gonna do a podcast uh, uh, with our friend
2: Meredith I'm not even gonna tell you anything else about it it's gonna be terrific I'm boys any a, any
1: final thoughts
2: thanks for watching this beast thanks for giving it a second chance
1: yeah no it's uh it's a good movie watch it cauliflower
3: did you Justin, just say
1: cauliflower
0: did you just say cauliflower to me <laughs> Justin thanks for yep. being the reason that uh, Ryan and I watched anything beyond Marvel movies. <laughs> Thanks again. <laughs> no problem. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye.